Hello and welcome back to the Thunder Six Podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider, and today I'm going to be going over yesterday's season opener versus the Charlotte Hornets, some of the key players from that game, and some of the takeaways I have from it. So, yesterday's game, we barely squeaked by the Hornets 109 to 107. Absolute nail biter. It seemed like we had it in the bag, but various things led to us pretty much almost giving the game away to the Hornets. So going into the game, um, really, what did we have to make of this team? We went one and two in the preseason. Obviously, in the preseason, it's not like you have your starters out for 30 plus minutes. It's kind of everyone all over the place. And then we have different pieces coming in and out of the roster. We had guys like Leaf, Schofield, and Jackson who are not with us anymore. And some of them, like Jackson in particular, did have a good role with us. So people were just wondering how this team would mesh in a real NBA game. I mean, we only have six players, I believe, from last year's playoff squad. So there were some real doubts uh, on this team. Those doubters got proven wrong. Um, these guys are here to compete. Thunder were able to pull this one out. Now, really, when we just break down this game, there were there was two different stories in the first and the second half. In the first half, there was really just not much going on. It seemed like both teams were feeling each other out. Charlotte was able to take a 17-12 um, lead in the first quarter. I think there was about five minutes left in the first. They were able to mount like a five-point lead early on. Thunder just immediately were able to erase that. In 90 seconds, they strung up eight points of their own. They closed that gap. The Thunder were up three points with like three minutes to go in the first. So whatever. Um, There was a little bit of a fight here and there. And I believe at the end of the first quarter, the Hornets were on top um, by two points. Yeah, they were up 28 to 26. In the first Really, the only key players um, were on the Hornets side. I mean, rookie LaMelo Ball, I had in my game preview, we really didn't know what to expect with him. He had a terrible uh, season opener and just debut. He went 0-5. In the first quarter, uh, he was hot. In the first five minutes, he looked cool as can be. He was pulling up uh, in transitions from threes. He had nine points in five minutes in the first quarter for that. I mean, shot three for four in the first quarter. And for the Thunder, like I said, it really wasn't like we had one particular person starring for us. I think if we had to pin one, it would have been Darius Baisley. I think he had six points in the first quarter. That's really, like, immediately Baisley looked super good, and I'll go into him later. But I think he did do, in my opinion, the best in the first quarter for us we had four players scoring five or more points at the end of the first though so it was a really even point distribution for us it wasn't like anybody uh was carrying or anything like that uh in the second really it was like the same as the first i mean the hornets got hot um they took a 45 to 54 lead with just three minutes to go in the half once again and it just seemed like, I mean, it seemed like the Hornets may have taken control and the Thunder got on a 10-0 run 
and they got up a point off of that. So really just run after run. I mean, the Hornets were getting hot, and then they would get cold. The Thunder would get hot. It was swapping back and forth. They, there wasn't really – it really wasn't back and forth. It was trading off runs uh, almost, if you want to put it that way. So, yeah, I mean, we able we were able to get uh, relatively hot there at the end. We both dropped 31 points in the half. So going into, um, or not in the half, in the second quarter, both of us scored 31 points. So entering halftime, it was 57 to 59, and the Hornets were winning. Just the notes that I had uh, at halftime the Thunder could not find the bottom of the basket from three. Shooting was a major struggle for them. They shot two of 16 from the three-point range in the first half really like it was getting it was getting a bit hard to watch um there i mean there was i it just seemed like there wasn't much confidence from beyond the arc from some of our thunder guys going to a 16 i mean that kind of tells you why uh i do want to say just before i keep going on if you guys listen to the game or watch the game last night there was some crazy audio um mishaps going on in the first half like i i thought it was really funny i didn't know if i just had bad connection or what but i heard chris fisher and mark cage's voice like a million times over and over my ears were ringing i almost had to hit the mute button but i was like yeah i think it'd be pretty boring watching with no volume so i kept it on but yeah I, i just thought it was funny First game, not just for the players, but uh, some of our sound crew as well. So can't go too rough on them there. But yeah, just looking at halftime, 2 of 16 from 3, pretty, pretty ugly. Our uh, guards are really leading the charge for us. George Hill and SGA, they both started for us in this game, and they tallied double figures uh, by halftime. Each of them did. And then for the Hornets, I mean, we already have talked about they have a nice three-man lineup with Rogier, Devontae Graham, and LaMelo Ball. You know, it seemed like Ball just wasn't there um, in their debut versus the Cavs, but it seemed like everybody was doing pretty solid for them. The, that combo of Ball, Graham, and Rogier had 36 of their team's 59 points in the first half so they were carrying a majority of the load and for the thunder i mean hill sga were carrying a lot and basely also did a really solid job for us in the second half the game was just a completely different story nothing like the first half whatsoever um we were super duper cold from three in the first half it kind of was the same uh in the third quarter but the main thing was the hornets were super duper cold from three but also just in general from everywhere they shot four of 25 in the third quarter so it was the golden opportunity for the thunder to take this lead i mean we were only down two points entering the third and I mean, we kind of capitalized, but we should have been up way more than what we really were. We had a difficult time shooting, um, but it just wasn't as bad as 4 of 25. Like 4 of 25, my goodness, you could find that kind of stuff in the YMCA, guys. Like, wow. I think we shot 
seven for 17 in the quarter. So, I mean, we shot just overall better. We had less attempts. Really, though, I mean, just 11 field goals made in a quarter combined. That is straight up ugly. I think it's 11 out of 42 if you combine the totals. Really slow paced game in the third quarter. It was, I mean, it wasn't hard to watch. It was just like, I was just waiting for some crazy stuff to happen. It really not much happened in the third, but yeah. Uh, we were able to outscore the Hornets 23 to 16 in the quarter. So we did have a five point lead entering the fourth quarter. We were up 80 to 75. And the fourth quarter really just got the best out of both teams, just at different times. We had the hot hand um, at the beginning stages of the fourth, but towards the end, Hornets kind of got some momentum, and I'll go into that in a second. We shot 4 of 24 from three in the first three quarters, but we went six for 12 in the fourth. So we were able to heat up from what really was our biggest struggle in the game. Like We kept jacking up threes, couldn't make any. We were able to get things going, and... It really is what allowed us to get a good hold of the game. We put ourselves in a really solid position, and I was getting ready to just write up my game game report. Say, um, you know, the Thunder had a really strong fourth, and the Hornets were never able to come back. They were able to come back. I mean, with two minutes to go in the fourth, we were up thirteen. We were up one hundred two to eighty nine. So it seemed like we had put the game away. But the Hornets just took over the game in the final two minutes. Uh, they were doing some full court presses on us. Uh, SGA was struggling. I think he had three turnovers in the final two minutes of the game. We were just getting trapped uh, in the backcourt. And, I mean, it just led to some bad passes. Um, and, I mean, they were just able to capitalize. And they could not miss in the final two minutes. They went on an 18-5 run in those two minutes, and it put them at a position. They tied the game at 107 to 107 with just 9.7 seconds to go. And you may be wondering, I mean, how on earth could they be able to drop 18 points in that span? I don't know. When I was watching it, I was really losing my mind. Like I cannot, I couldn't have believed what I was witnessing. Miles Bridges who seemed to be like pretty quiet really throughout this whole entire game. I think in total, he he only dropped 14 points in the whole entire game. 11 of those points were in the final two minutes. So three after three, he couldn't miss. Everyone was getting hyped, all the Hornets bench or whatever. Just put him on his back and seemed like it was going to overtime. And with the momentum the Hornets had, I didn't know if we were going to be able to to come out with this win. It was it was just crazy to watch at the end. But we called our timeout. SGA gets the ball off the inbound. One thing that I was a little bit confused about, we can advance the ball off these timeouts, but we chose to just have the full court. And, I, I mean, I, I guess... I guess they didn't want to have any issues on the inbound pass or something. They wanted more room to get the ball in. We had five turnovers in the final two minutes, by the way. So we don't want to make it six. We just couldn't We couldn't risk anything. So I guess it does make sense. 
SGA gets it. Uh, there wasn't that heavy of a press. I think they might have tried applying a little bit of pressure, but it was nothing SGA couldn't handle. He got right by them. So he strolled up the court, and, I mean, the only guy in front of him was Cody Martin for the Hornets. And Cody Martin's not, like, this great perimeter defender or anything. What I remember him for is just NCAA tournament playing with Nevada. But, yeah, that's off topic. Anyways, Martin was up on SGA. He was giving him a bit of space. SGA hits him with a quick crossover. He just keeps sprinting. Stops on a dime around the three-point line. Puts a little little crossover on him. Stops. Martin is just out of the play. He's stumbling backwards. Wide open shot for SGA. He takes it. Ended up being a go-ahead 23-foot pull-up. Went right in. 1.4 seconds to go. Thunder is up by 2. 109 to 107. And... Uh, on the inbounds play, I mean, the Hornets had to return with their own timeout. They advanced the ball. I mean, you would have thought they would try to force the ball to Bridges. Bridges was not anywhere close to being in this inbounds play. It ended up going to Terry Rozier way outside. It was 33 feet deep. He was surrounded by a sea of blue jerseys. The Thunder players were swarming him. He had to jack up like a double teamed or triple teamed shot just an absolute prayer a way off the mark air ball may have grazed the side of the backboard but that's being generous needless to say nowhere close and we were able to squeeze this one out um the way the game shifted in those last two minutes it didn't seem like we were gonna have uh have the ability to come through with it but SGA clutched up I mean three turnovers in those final two minutes, it seemed like he was really letting it slip away. But right as people were kind of trying to put the blame on him, he hits the eventual game winner. So cannot be mad at him. We improve to 1-0. and And I believe this is our best start to a season since the 2017-2018 season, I believe. Both in 2018-2019. And 2019-2020, we lost in our regular season opener. So as of right now, I can claim that we are on track to be better than last year's playoff team and the one before it. You can bring that one home. You can tell other people about that one. I don't know how long it's going to last. I think the longest streak in franchise history for um, like how many consecutive games we won to start a year I think it's five and that was back in 2011 2012 so maybe we could be on maybe we could break that um you never know our team is so unique this season's really unpredictable unpredictable things like that could happen we could be six and all in a week or two so yeah um just going into the like game summary just i mean from three we just couldn't find the mark. Luckily, we were able to do well in that 4, 6, or 12 from deep. But 10 for 36 from there is not what you would like to see. That's 27.8%. And the Hornets shot, they shot near 41% from there. They shot 13 for 32. So if it wasn't for us finding the mark in that fourth, we would have not been able to pull this one out. I mean, we we got hot at the right time. 
And the lead we mounted at 13 was just enough to let us survive this one. Some players of note um, for the Hornets, really, I mean, there, there were guys playing real solid all over the place for them. They had seven players um, who scored in double digits. I think, really, I was expecting Gordon Hayward to go off. I think he dropped 28 points in his um, Hornets debut against the Cavs. He went 5 of 13, 0 of 5 from 3. Really, I really forgot he was even on the court most of the time. Like, he only dropped 12 points out. And, uh, yeah, he only dropped 12 points that whole game. He had seven assists, so he was nice distributing. He just didn't seem to be as big as a, big as a, like a factor as I would have predicted. So we played really well on Gordon Hayward. I mean, Rogier dropped 19 for them. LaMelo Ball dropped 13, and Graham dropped 14. So they had a really good first half. It wasn't like they went off in the second half as much. They still all ended with below. 20 points um pj washington did real solid he wasn't that good in the opening stages of the game uh he had a big role to fill because cody zeller is out for the foreseeable future he had to play minutes at the power forward and center so he was able to get things going at the end there he had 18 points eight rebounds but the main dude that i would like to talk about guys it has got to be Miles Bridges. I mean, 11 points, and really, it wasn't even just two minutes. It was probably less than that. It might have been like 20 seconds, or not 20 seconds, like 100 seconds. Absolutely ridiculous. He put them in a position to win the game. If SGA does not hit that shot, it, it could be a totally different outcome, and it very well could have been because Bridges was not going to be stopped. If he got the ball off that inbound, oh my goodness, we could be talking about completely different game this would have been could have been 110 to 109 he hits the game winner 14 points in two minutes he didn't though we were able to prevent him but yeah he he really was what gave them hope in this game i mean it was over with two minutes and he showed up so you have to give props to him for the thunder side sga uh he had 24 points seven rebounds and nine assists Almost a triple-double in his first game. I was not expecting that. I kind of, like, I, I didn't give him as much credit as I should have on the rebounds. I think I gave him, like, four rebounds a game on the season averages. I know it's early on, but I think he, I think he's going to do better than that now, man. <laughs> seven rebounds in that opener. I think he could keep it up. I have seven assists on average for the season. I still think that's all right. Shot eight for 20 on the game so he was the focal point he shot one for six from deep and he had five turnovers in 33 minutes um pretty solid until the ending there so you got to take that five turnovers with a little grain of salt i think passing wise and just playmaking wise he was great finding guys open i mean nine assists in 33 minutes come on you cannot do much better than that did a great job there he's driving addition Really, his play style was like a bit funky for me, man. Like he was able to get those nine assists, pretty much all off of him driving and and kicking it out. I mean, we've talked about SGA's ability to drive inside, pull two or three people out, and find the open man. It's really what majority of the assists were for him. But 
I mean, he just didn't seem too comfortable trying to create shots for himself. And, like, he he had chances where he could have pulled a wide-open shot. Instead, he opts to just run right into his defender, create as much contact as possible, go into the rack. And, I mean, really, there wasn't a lot of mid-range pull-ups. So, I, I think he shot well over 10 times in the paint just off of layups runners whatever it may be racking up 24 points he didn't do that bad of a job at it you know what i mean but i do think he should be around the perimeter a bit more trying to shoot because i mean they don't they had bismack biombo as their center they didn't have like a really really great rim protector at all once we start playing these big these big teams with some really good centers like utah we're playing them tomorrow Rudy Gobert, I don't know if you're going to be able to pull off like shooting 10 layups on Gobert. I think he's going to swat a good amount of those. So maybe he can drop some contact, get to the line. But he needs to maybe be a little bit more aggressive from outside. That's really the only knock I have on him from this game. Darius Baisley was probably the brightest spot of the whole entire team. Like SGA was good, yes. But Baisley was good on like every area you could ask for he had 15 points 10 rebounds an assist a steal and a block and you may be drawn originally towards this double double of 15 and 10 um and that makes sense but on defense he was doing great like pj washington at times was bullying him just due to the size advantage that he possesses but he was holding his own um for other parts of the game i mean all you're going to see on the on the stats is that one steal and one block, but the amount of shots he was able to disrupt was ridiculous, and he was getting the boards off of those contests as well. That's how he dropped 10 rebounds of his own. So I'm really hyped about what I saw from Basil on the defensive end. On offense, shot 7-12 from three-point range. I mean, nobody could find find like any any success from there. Same thing with him. He was one for five there. I think outside of that three, there's nothing to be complaining about. Like the length that he possesses and the speed he has to recover from like gaps. He can guard guards. He can play down low. I'm loving what I'm seeing with Baisley. And I think he should be playing like, shoot, man. I'm thinking he could play him 30 minutes a game easily. He played 33 to, uh, yesterday and he looked real good. I say we keep him in that major role because he should be producing numbers like this uh, and probably even better. Like once he finds that three, he's going to be a monster. George Hill is a guy that really may have been the reason we were in this game. Like he was so consistent, 21 points on eight of nine shooting. He was four of four from three, y'all. Without him, the team shot six of 32 from three like that is that's disgusting george hill he was good from really everywhere from three he was making his money's worth i mean he kept us in the game and put us in that spot to win he had four rebounds and three assists in his time there on the court and it was just in 24 minutes so so efficient um from you know george hill yeah just super efficient can't knock him really anywhere. He was that spark that we did need. And it wasn't just like he was the spot-up shooter. Like, he had the ball in his hands. 
Uh, he's way faster than you would originally think. Like Corey Brewer is a good example. When we got Corey Brewer, however many years ago it was, I didn't think he was as fast um, as he ended up being. I get the same uh, kind of vibes from George Hill. I mean, he's super quick. He's able to get to his spots. He had a couple floaters here and there in the game. He may have had a pull-up or two. So he was hitting it from everywhere. He just had the hot hand. I expect George Hill to be dropping 21 points um, a night. Not too sure about that. I don't think so. Especially not on 8-for-9 shooting. But really, really, really successful uh, Thunder debut from him. Lou Dort is a guy who, on the stat sheet, looked very solid. When we're talking about like a game of two halves, he kind of gets grouped into there. I think in the first half, he just wasn't that solid. Second half, he picked things up a lot. He ended up having 15 points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block in 35 minutes. He was super-duper passive. Like He had chances to shoot the ball from three. Pretty much the whole entire game. He only ended up shooting um, four times from there. He was one for four from three. But, I mean, he had that corner shot wide open. He still wants to drive in. Originally, it's like, what are you thinking, dude? I mean, sometimes he was just getting the ball and passing it back. He needs to either attack the basket or just take the shot. I mean, he was really confident in the preseason, even though it wasn't dropping. Really wasn't as confident. Um, and I mean, he was confident from inside. Like if he was not aggressive in the paint, I would just be knocking him. Um, I think on defense, he was good, but just on offense to pass him from three, he was passing from inside. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, he was driving in, creating the contact that he needed. He was able to drop 15 points just quietly. Like I, I did not expect him to have 15 points when I checked the game's final box score. And he was 5 of 12 from the game. So I believe that means he was it was 4 for 8 in the paint. So good for him. He had 4 free throws. He hit them all. On defense, disruptive as always. I mean, the stat sheets are never going to tell you how good he is there. But he was being thrown in so many different rotations. And he seemed to be standing up just fine. In all of them, he's a core piece uh, on the defensive side of things. And I think just developing that three is really important for him, man. I like what I saw from him on defense. Really like what I saw inside three. It is what it is. Uh, hopefully in the Utah game, he does pick things up and take a lot of shots from out there, man. Another key player, Mike Muscala. I mean, he had 14 points in 18 minutes. And this is nothing new, guys. Like, all throughout the preseason, he was killing it. He was dropping double figures. I think he had a, I think his opener, he might have had 18 points, and he, like, was not missing. So, really the same from him. I mean, he's just been so consistent for us, really in the last half of the 1920 season, all the way to now. I mean, preseason great debut or the opener, he was great. So, he was hiding in transition for threes. I did a whole article on him on my site. Uh, Kyle Singler for MVP.com. Make sure to check it out. I did a whole thing on his preseason stuff. Maybe I could do one on this game he had. I mean, 
didn't shoot as much, but still, he's still lurking on these threes. I mean, in transition, loves hiding behind defenders, kept it up, and found a couple freebies from beyond the arc off it. So, great stuff from him. Uh, that's what we need in our backup power forward center since we really don't have like a true backup center. Muscala fills it in. Seemed to do a good job. People who struggled, the rookies, Maladon and Pokachevsky. I want to start with Maladon. Four points, two of five shooting. Had two assists, two steals, and four turnovers. Personally, I think the reason he struggled so much in this game he was just put in a bad rotation. He had some highlights. I mean, he had he had like a no-look pass. He was at the top of the key. Freaking some wizardry. Just flicks it off. Flashy pass inside. Beautiful layup. He had a steal where... I mean, I didn't even know if he was looking at the ball or not. He just sticks his hand out in transition. Smacks it. That's where one of his steals came off of. So some high just IQ plays from him, but... I mean, the four points and four turnovers really is not his problem. He had at least two travels. He might have stepped out of bounds once. I'm not blaming it on him. Really, rotations need to be adjusted. That's what I think. Pogachevsky played 11 minutes. It was his birthday. Um, I think maybe what he was thinking was dropping like 20 points in his debut. I think that would be a really good birthday present for him. He didn't score any. He was um oh six. They were all from beyond the arc. He had four rebounds, one steal, and a block. Offensively, like the shot was not falling for him. But what I can say on defense, this is probably his best defensive performance out of the preseason and the you know the season opener. This was his best game on defense, guys. Like he has such long arms. He contests everything. Like He's able to close out. I mean, he doesn't have to run, really. He just sticks his arm out, and then, I mean, you got, I don't know how you're getting around that man's arm. He's able to get get in the way of a lot of things, and he just kind of sneaks into plays. Like, if you're running on the fast break, you got a one-on-one -on -one situation. Defenders, at times, like to absorb contact and try to take layups. Poku will run right behind you. Just casually, you know, swat that thing like, like nobody's business, so... I'm uh I'm expecting to see a lot of blocks from him this season. Um, shooting uh, needs to get picked up. Maybe it's just the jitters of his first career NBA game, but I don't know. Al Horford, he played so good in the preseason. Like he was dropping 16 and eight. He dropped three points on one of five shooting, 13 rebounds, three assists. Uh, I was expecting the numbers to dip 16 and 8 in, like, really, I think it was under 20 minutes. You can't be asking that from him every single game. Like, he's already 34 years old. I wasn't expecting to see only three points, though. That was a bit of a disappointment. He will pick it up. I think he's a little bit slower than some of these other guys on our team. Like, I don't know if he fits exactly the play style we're using. I think we're all about attacking the basket. And, like, I think we should be stretching the floor out so SGA can go in there. Horford can stretch the floor. He's not as mobile. But I don't know. I think in his role, like, he just needs to be hitting his shots. He had open looks from beyond the arc. So if he's able to pick that back up, it should not be an issue. Don't be concerned with Al Horford, guys. I mean, he was fine on the rebounding. Just needs to pick it up a bit on offense. 
So now, moving on to some of the key takeaways. I think number one, we just proved we can compete. And, I mean, sure, Charlotte is not that great of an NBA team, but uh, we were able to win this game, and we were not playing that well. Like, I expect to see better performances from really all of our Thunder players. Like, I didn't see somebody and think, oh, this is probably the best game they're ever going to have. Like, the sky's the limit with really a lot of the guys on our squad. I think we will be able to to play a lot better than, I mean, we, we showed. So we can compete for sure. This story that we are like number 30 out of 30 in the league, it's just not true. I still think we're around the 26, 27 range. It's going to be a lot of close games like this. Um, and really, we should have won comfortably. But yeah. Second thing I want to talk about, just the loss of Frank Jackson was really apparent in the game. Now, I don't want to be complaining like we just won our season opener, but I do think it's important to mess. Um, I do think it's important to mention like Frank Jackson was perfect for us in the preseason. He dropped like 12 or 14 points on like 50% shooting from the two and the three. So he was that guy that seemed like the spark plug off the bench for us. We took him out. And now we're kind of left with no like real scorer at the shooting guard position. Like Dort, he's not really a scorer from three. We know Diallo's not. George Hill was playing the two, but he's more of a point guard. Like we need more of that true shooting guard. And Although Jackson is kind of listed as like the one and the two, I think he was really just a two for us, and he would have been great in this role. Like we we just didn't have that spark plug at the shooting guard position, and it ended up giving us some funky rotations. Like we ran a rotation of SGA, Maladon, Diallo, Baisley, and Dort together. Defensively, I mean that's that's a good squad to be running, but offensively. It just kind of stinks. Like, Baisley can stretch the court. Yeah, SGA can. Maladon can. Diallo and Dort are some liabilities from the three-pointer. And I think you can really only run one of them at the same time. Um, because you just other teams can just pack the paint. Like, they'll let Dort or Diallo shoot anyways. But if they have two of them out there together, like, wow. They're just going to be feasting on the rebounds. They're going to be real aggressive on some of these guys like SGA and Baisley. So I think one of the just byproducts of this rotation, it's just Maladon. I don't think he's a good fit in this, in this lineup. I don't like him with people who can't shoot. Like he's a pick and roll player. He needs to be running. He needs to be in schemes where everybody's stretched out and, defenders are gonna have to leave good shooters open i mean dort and diallo just aren't that right now and jackson was perfect like oh my gosh yeah I, we should have had jackson and you put him in for diallo for a little bit of run see how that works i think that would have been great and i mean you could just go back to to what was working where you have muscala out there at the five as well so jackson gave a lot of options it's kind of not it's not good to be dwelling on it because he's not with us anymore. But yeah, I think rotationally, we just don't have that shooter at the shooting guard position. Jerome, 
is still dealing with an injury, so maybe he can come back. I mean, he was a 39% three-point shooter in college, but he he was shooting like 28% last year from there. So maybe, you know, Coach Dagnalt is able to kind of reinstill that shot in him, and he can be that guy off the bench when it comes to just being a catch-and-shoot player. But, yeah, I think rotationally, we just need to look at that, the the shooting and spacing of things, because Maladon does need some spacing. So just the last thing I do want to talk about, I think the team gelled fairly well outside of the run where the Hornets like crept back into the game in the final two minutes. We seem to be holding up well, and this was not a great performance for us. Like We were not shooting that great, but it wasn't like we were just bricking shots and just giving up on the other end like every single person who played in our opener was playing a hundred percent like even guys like kenrich williams who people some people even wanted him gone like i thought he played very well he was a plug and play person for us he had a really nice hustle play where he's like diving out of bounds to get balls and that was really everybody everybody was just full intensity the whole way through and that's really what ended up letting us win this game because on the stat sheet we weren't that great just the hustle we had and i mean you would never be able to tell that over half of our team like was not on the roster last year it seemed like we had just come off winning the nba finals obviously shots weren't falling but just how everybody seemed to be playing with each other was great i think the only time that I was like not feeling that way was when Diallo and Maladon were camped together in the corner. There were times where Maladon has the ball. He's playing hot potato with Diallo in the corner. Like Diallo's not shooting the three ball. So he's kicking it to Maladon. Maladon's contested back and forth stuff. And then when Maladon's like, all right, you know what? I'm taking over. Get out of the way. I'm trying to drive in. Diallo was trying to play a game of tag. So he was like running. He was like running into him. I mean, maybe even bunker, bumper cars. I don't know. Overall, though, I think there really was not that much to be worrying about in terms of gelling. I think the team, just thus far, with such little time to be together, looks great. And in a couple months, I think you know we're gonna be completely good when it comes to just meshing well. And I think the rotations will be filled up well and we're gonna be able to try out some new rotations and just schemes whatever we are playing the utah jazz tomorrow we have a back-to-back set we are playing the jazz on monday in the orlando magic on tuesday so i will keep you guys updated on both of those games so other than that guys i have nothing for you i really appreciate you guys for tuning into this podcast i think we're about 19 to 20 episodes strong i ended up removing one of my um last podcasts by accident i accidentally reverted it to a draft and just completely wiped it sadly so it is not up now maybe i'll post it later but i don't know yeah but other than that guys thank you all for listening and i will talk to you all later bye